When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast, bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah Utes. Now, your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott. Welcome on into the Utah Man Podcast on this episode. The Utes get the win over the Weber State Wildcats. And we look ahead as Utah opens up Pac-12 play against the UCLA Bruins. I am Cameron, and we got Ryan. What's up, Ute Nation? And no Scott tonight. Scott is AWOL. Scott (laughs) is wearing his Speedo, working on his tan (laughs) down at Lake Powell. Uh, That's something I do not want to (laughs) see. I don't blame you. Uh, we, that, I mean, it, when Scott's not here, we actually get to talk, Ryan. So this will be good. I know. It's it's going to be different. I hope you're all ready. <laughs> all right, let's jump in here. Utah gets the win over Weber State, 31-7. to A big margin of victory. You kind of expect it being an FCS opponent in Weber State. But man, that was, I think, Ryan, you sent a text to Scott and I said that was the most uninspired football team you've seen in a long time. Yeah, that first half was was a little rough. I mean, yeah, the Utes were in control the entire game, but it, it just was uninspired football in the first half. The second half, they came out and did what they needed to do to put some separation between them and Weber state and let some of the younger guys play in the fourth quarter. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I can kind of see why, because you started off the season playing Florida then you go down to Baylor two P five opponents. One of them, a legitimate sec team. And after this past, after be them watching them beat Tennessee, looks like they may have a decent team, which you know helps our strengths of schedule. And then you follow up those two big games with an FCS opponent. It's probably a little tough to get up for that kind of game. So, you know, they did what they needed to do. Some younger guys got some playing time. Some other guys got some rest. Hopefully, we. Uh, Get a bunch of guys back for UCLA. <laughs> Hopefully, because it's not looking good. So many guys were sitting out. Oh, my heavens. Um, but I want to go back to a point you just brought up. You know, you're making a Utah playing an FCS opponent third game in. You know, Utah loves, I shouldn't say just Utah, but, you know, all P5s love them some FCS schools, whether it's yep. at the beginning of the season or the SEC loves to put it in towards the end. To kind of get in a second bye week. I get it. I get the need for it. I and 
I mean, it helps the FCS programs. That's how they support their athletic department with these money games. As a fan, I don't really like it. But I don't mind it the third game, to be honest with you. I, I... Because at least that you kind of get your your two big non conference games in, you kind of get this buy game in before conference play. Oh, what do you think? Are you are you like me? Do you like it the third game, or would you rather have it the first game of the season? Well, you know, part of me likes to have it the first game and just get it out of the way, but I do, I, I do like it the third game for the fact that. When you're playing somebody like Florida out of the gates, you've got the team. I mean, as a coach, you've got the team's attention through the offseason and through fall camp. You've got to be prepared for that first game. So in that sense, I I like playing big-time opponents, uh, games one and possibly game two. And then game three, you get a little bit of a rest. You can't play three big schools and then go into Pac-12 play. That's just... Uh, that that's too much. So, you know, you've got to put one or two of those FCS schools in there just to, just for the sake of keeping guys healthy and getting some rest before the big games start. Oh yeah, for sure. I think the only the only benefit I see or plus putting it for game one is you kind of do get a little bit of excitement because it's like start of the season. Yeah. Um, but but anyway, I, I I don't mind it third in a perfect world. It wouldn't. They wouldn't just play it, but I get it. It makes sense. All right, so let's get into this game. So my boy, Nate Johnson, gets his first career start. <laughs> 13-21, 193, one TD, no interceptions. I mean, he, he did what he needed to do. He protected the ball, didn't put the, didn't turn it over, didn't put it in bad spots. But at times, it, he showed his youth and kind of showed his inexperience where he and the receivers weren't on the same page a lot of the time, yep. especially going down yep. the field. He was either late, behind, a little high, and that will come with time. Um, but overall, I, you know, I, I'm not going to knock Nate Johnson for his performance. Um, I, I forgot, I didn't even mention he carried the ball 16 times, 71 yards, uh, had a rushing TD, but I'm biased. Because I've always been on the Nate Johnson train, even though you and Scott were telling me I was crazy. <laughs> what do you think of Nate? No, he did what he needed to do, and, and you're absolutely right. There were some there were some plays down the field that just will get better with experience. I mean, I think there was one where he threw to the inside, and then the receiver went to the outside. Um, you know, they're just not on the same page on everything. And even even Whittingham today in his press conference kind of made note of the fact that Nate Johnson is and week to week he's growing and the playbooks more of the playbooks put excuse me, playbook is becoming available to him, but Whittingham's basically said he's he only has half the plays that Cam Rising has. That's that's crazy. That is crazy. And, and you and I, I mean, I don't know how many plays that is. It'd be interesting to know how many plays that is because you'd think that Nate Johnson has quite a few plays that he knows and is able to run. But if Cam has double that, that's kind of nuts. Well, I mean, if, it kind of makes sense, I guess, if you look at it, because Nate Johnson, it's only a second year. 
in the program. Yeah. Whereas Cam, this is is this his sixth, fifth? I can't remember because he fifth, got the COVID fifth, year. Might be he, fifth. He redshirted his first year here, so I yeah. mean, he's got more than double the time. Um, I don't know. I mean, oh, we do have a special caller. Let me. Oh, Scott's on the line. Oh, yeah, I just want to say that uh, Cameron was right. Nate Johnson's the best quarterback. Oh, Scott, it's so great to hear from you, buddy. I hope hope you're enjoying Lake Powell. Say <laughs> hi to the family. Enjoy that Speedo, buddy. Okay, guys, we'll see you later. <laughs> All right. Hey, that's so nice of him. Take away from his family vacation. Uh, but definitely agree with Scott. And, I mean, Nate Johnson... Could be the future. Obviously, we have Brandon Rose that, you know, he's been injured. I know that was mentioned today in Winningham's press conference that you know, that Rose, since he's been gone, even if he comes back, he's still several months behind everybody else because of that. So, you know, he's kind of, if he's clear to play this season, probably not going to happen because of, of the delay uh, in just development for the rest of the QBs in the room. That is that you're right that he didn't mention that and that's too bad too you know too bad for him and when he was pretty much slated to be QB two coming into the season um, and I know we're trying to kind of wrap up Weber State and talk about UCLA but just kind of looking ahead to next year when Rising is not here you've got Nate Johnson who's going to have a pretty you know quite a bit of experience. Hopefully not too much, because hopefully Rising's back soon. <laughs> and then you've got Brandon Rose, and then you've got Isaac Wilson coming in. Uh, and Isaac Wilson's tearing it up. Granted, it's high school. You never know how that translates. But um, three quality guys can vie for that quarterback position next year. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, and to your point, hopefully, you know, we don't see too much more Nate Johnson. I, I think we will. You know, I think they'll still have packages for him. Cause, oh, for sure, I mean, yeah. You got to think they're going to limit Cam. Whenever he comes back, fingers crossed it's UCLA. But whenever comes, Cam comes back, they have to limit his running, right? I mean. Yeah, because you don't want to. You, you, I mean, that's part of his game, I, I know. But you still got to be careful. You've got to. You don't want to make him necessarily one-dimensional because that's. That's not what he does best, but yeah. you don't want him out running around like he did in the Rose Bowl and hurt his knee again. So, <laughs> or in the Pac-12 championship game when his head flew off, right? <laughs> so, speaking of running around, Jaquin and Jackson, man, I'll fully admit I was a little hard on him after the Florida game, and. He just keeps getting better and better each game. I mean, obviously, there's only been two games, but he's been much improved over the last two games. Uh, only nine carries, but 69 yards. And at times, it really seemed like he was really what kept the offense afloat in that Weber game. Because what you said, it was very vanilla, lackadaisical, kind of hard to get a rhythm, I think, for the offense. Um, but Jackson, just he kept, kept running down the field and Utah's going to need that, especially with UCLA coming up. Yeah, he, he you're right. And I, I think he would have ended up with more carries. He got dinged up in the first quarter. And he, I don't think he came back into the game until the second quarter. And then he didn't play in the fourth quarter. 
So um, glad I'm just I'm glad he's back came back into the game because when he went down it was kind of like oh boy he he didn't look too great uh, but uh, we know he's been dinged up all year but you're right he's getting better and better um, and he and Glover he's stepping up too so you know these these get both of those guys are going to be huge as we get into conference yeah. play and we finally saw Chris Curry uh, yep. this season with six carries. Um, I don't know, right? Sometimes like, I, I look at this and I kind of get excited because I'm, I'm seeing what they're doing. But then I'm kind of like, but it's Weber State. <laughs> you know, like the, when you're... Yeah. Like when we're watching the game and you you go back and look at these stats, like how much stock do you really put in knowing that it's Weber State with all this stuff? Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I, w- I, w- I will say that I was surprised... <laughs> Weber State on their defense, they've got some players, and on their back end, they've got some speed, more speed than I thought they would have for an FCS school. Um, but yeah, you're right. Overall, it's still an FCS program, and you've got to take that into consideration. Yeah, Utah should have dominated. They did dominate. Um, probably not as much as we had all hoped they would, but they do what they needed to do, and you just it, it, and part of that, I mean, like Whittingham said in the post game, though they were down fifteen or sixteen guys bef- that are out of that game, and then a couple of more got injured. So, you know, you take that too. You can, I mean, if you if you're playing with a full team of healthy guys, that scores probably like fifty or sixty to seven. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. We got to do something. We got to. We got to get Fernando on the podcast again because for sure. I don't know. This is not. This is not good right now. All the injuries that keep piling up. I was. I was impressed, and again, take it with a grain of salt because it is Weber State. But I was impressed with uh, Manier McLean. He had some. He had some nice catches. Some good yard running after the catch. Um, so, and I know he's one of the guys that got banged up after uh, the game, or was uh, got banged up during the game. Was in a boot, they said afterwards, but they hope he'll be back. So, but I know there's been, you know, big hope for him, and it's good to see him get some some action. Yeah, and and maybe right, maybe that's like the silver lining in all this when you play a team like Weber is to get those guys that necessarily not necessarily have gotten the most reps and haven't had the most time on the field. And maybe really that's the silver lining is that players like uh, Manier McLean or Thomas Yasmin for this season, like we haven't even seen Yasmin all year. And maybe no. you need a game like this to kind of get them out of a funk, out of that shell, get them some game experience. Like, Like maybe that's where as Utah fans, we need to focus is that maybe this is the game that kind of helps guys get up for the rest of the year. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Yasmin has not been a big part of the offense in the first three games. I'm sure a lot of that has to do with rising, not being in there. percent. Um, yeah. And I know they tried to get him going a little bit in this game, but, they just basically ran some tight end 
screenplay type things <laughs> to get him, you know, get him up field seven or eight yards. But um, yeah, they need to get him going. And and obviously, even Cam comes back, that's that'll probably be the case. He's going to be more involved. Um, uh, I mean, they'll definitely need Yasmin move forward. I mean, heck, they need everybody, right? Uh, looking at the defense, man, just another stellar game. Bishop, the dude's incredible. He is. He's everywhere. And he's like, feel like he's fired out of a cannon when he's blitzing. <laughs> it's like, it's crazy. It's crazy. And then, hey, they got their pick six, 20 straight yep. seasons. Now it's an NCAA record. Let's keep it going. And get, I mean, yeah, that, man. When you watch that, though, it's it was almost like Lander Barton was in the huddle and knew what they were going to run. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I I mean, I, I chalk a lot of that up to maybe some film study, which is pretty awesome For sure. that they would yeah. you know put that much attention to Weber State. But number twenty gets the twentieth season pick. Just a special kid, and and you're right, right. He, I mean, he just knew exactly where that was and just kind of picked it out of the air. Uh, took it back. It was great to see uh, Craney Reed get some playing time. He's been banged up uh, this year. Yep. Didn't see a lot of action, uh, but that's okay. You know, kind of kind of working back in. Uh, corners play got a lot of playing time there, especially guys like Battle. You know, new that are new to the program, getting more reps. Um, but overall, I mean, this defense is just solid, and it, it doesn't matter who they've gone up against this season. They they've really showed out well and that's kind of expected. And that was kind of going into the season, right? That was kind of the expectations that this defense was really going to be the anchor for this roster. I don't know where they rank as far as um, defensive rushing for the entire country, but I think they're only allowing 60 ish yards a game right now, um, which, which is incredible, especially when you consider they've played a big 12 school and an sec school. Because most of the other schools in the in the country have not played P P five opponents, let alone two of them. No, I mean you could be like BYU and play two FCS schools. <laughs> I don't care. Sam Houston is an FCS roster. I don't care what conference they're in. For sure, yeah, yeah. But that, the defense is special, and and we're going to need them to to stay special. I think. I mean, if Cam and Keithy come back. The offense, I think, will get to where we're used to seeing it the past couple of years. But it's still going to take some time, even when they come back. And but this defense is going to keep is going to keep the Utes in these games because oh, yeah. there's some there's some tough there's some tough games up ahead. Given given how good the the Pac-12 is for this year. Well, the thing that's crazy is with this defense is with so many guys out and and rotating guys in and out there doesn't really seem to be a drop off no you know, you know we talked about the offense and you know you just named cam and keithy and, and obviously you know it, they are the, the top of the conference uh, at their positions but there's a big step down going from them to the next guys right mm-hmm. and on on defense it just it doesn't feel like there's that big of a drop when you go from the one to two, even sometimes the one to the three. 
So even when uh, Karini Reed got dinged up in the first game and Damuni had to come in for him, obviously he obviously he's a P5 player from Stanford that transferred. He's got some experience, but he came in and has done well, uh, and he continues to to see time on the field in different packages. So, um, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. This defense is is really strong, probably three deep in a lot of positions. Okay, so I know we've you know we've talked very highly of this team against Weber State. If there's one major criticism, it's got to be special teams. Especially oh, they were so bad. Their kickoff, and granted, Weber State's returner is a, a little speedster, and he is. And I think wasn't it was it two years ago? I don't know if it's the same guy, but two years ago, I think when we played them in the opening game, he ran the opening kickoff back for a touchdown. Yeah, I know they had a. I remember they had a kickoff uh, return for a touchdown against Utah last time they played. I don't know if it was the same guy, but you, yeah, they that guy's fast, and we couldn't tackle. Later in the game, the dude started kicking it out of the back of the end zone, but from the beginning of the game, I don't know if that was planned to kick it short or whatever, but yeah, they couldn't tackle, giving them great field position on multiple kickoffs, a poor snap on a field goal attempt. Yeah, it was, it was such a bad, like, yeah, I don't know, dude, because that's always been a staple of Utah, right? Is having mm-hmm. a great defense and a great special teams. And, I mean, they're punting the ball great. Punting is great. Yeah. Um, and it seems like with Cole Becker, they're, they've got a good kicker, and he got injured at the beginning of the game during warm-ups, so he couldn't go. Um, but it just kind of seems as of late, Special teams has kind of been iffy for Utah. Yeah, I mean, we've kind of talked about it off and on on this podcast probably the last two or three seasons. Um, Scott's not too high on... (laughs) On Shaw. I I mean, we know Scott's been calling for him to get fired for several years. I mean, you and I have been sticking up for Shaw and really trying to downplay Scott's bad take on that. <laughs> I'm kidding. Scott has not called for his job. Just to be relieved of his special teams duties. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, special teams. And again, I don't know if it's just because it's guys are missing, and so they have some guys out there that typically aren't on kickoff. I don't know. They got to get it figured out, though. Um, I don't know. You're right. They do need to get it figured out, and it's uh, it it's got to happen fast because now that you're now that we're going to be in conference play, there's not a lot of room for error. No, well, and especially like because Utah hasn't played with their full offense yet, and who knows when that happens? You can't give free points to the other team. No. Uh-uh. Um, especially as well as this conference is playing, we don't know what we're going to get out of Utah's offense um, week in and week out. And so, I mean, certain areas of the ball, like not turning the ball over for touchdowns, special teams not giving up touchdowns, it's those types of things that that Utah's really gotten, needs to shore up because, you, as I said, you can't give free points 
to anybody in this league. Nope. Yeah, if you give up a kickoff return for a touchdown, and yeah, that's just... Or even give them decent field goal or def- decent field position and then end up with a field goal when they shouldn't. It's just, you're right, three points for teams in this league is is going to come back to bite you. All right, well, we're up against a break. Uh, we got to go get on Amazon and try to find Scott some more Speedos. He's he's ran out of <laughs> all five that he's got in pal. So when we come back, let's jump in this Utah-UCLA game. All right, so Utah takes on UCLA this weekend. Ooh, Ryan, I am so excited. I mean, it's yes, it's the last season of the Pac-12 as we know it. Who knows what happens in the future, Next, even next season, what it's going to be, the Pac-2. But we get in conference play, starting off against a top 25 team at home with the Bruins, a team that Utah has had, you know, some good success over the last several years. Chip Kelly's coming to town. I'm excited for this one. I am excited. I think it's a good it's a good matchup to start conference play. Um, you're right. It's the last it's the last time we'll probably play UCLA in probably a while. Um, and. And, I, and there's a little, probably a little bit of revenge factor in this because Utah went down to the Rose Bowl last October, and I went down to it, um, drove all night to go to it, and uh, the Utes didn't fare too well. They kind of, their defense did not play well. They let the Bruins kind of rushing attack take it, you know, set the tone for the game, and and uh, then Cam, I think, threw, threw one or two interceptions. That uh, yeah, yeah, he had one interception. Uh, so UCLA uh, ran away with it last year, forty-two to thirty-two. And yeah, to your to your point, right? I mean, they they rushed for over two hundred yards. They uh, DTR had three hundred yards through the air. I, it it was not pretty, and it turned into just kind of a, a shootout there and, and yeah. Utah just couldn't couldn't hang with them um towards the end of the game there um and I think that was th- that game and honestly when you look back there was a little probably the turning point for that defense because up until that point the defense was young and a little suspect in areas and then after that they kind of they kind of got going where they needed to be and here we are now with a with a you know a, a better defense so you know, UCLA's got um, a freshman, a true freshman quarterback running the ship. They've got a, uh, that running back, I forget his name, um, is no longer there. So, you know, it's not it's not the same team, but they're still a good team. I mean, it's UCLA. They recruit well. It's Chip Kelly. He recruits well. Um, definitely an opportunity for Utah to to get into conference play one and zero, um, but it's not going to be easy. And it all depends on who's who we got playing too. Yeah. No, a hundred percent on who, who's who Utah has playing. Um, you know, I don't know what to think of this UCLA team. If I'm being honest with you, uh, as you mentioned, Dante Moore, their quarterback, true freshman, 
He was a number three quarterback in the recruiting class last year in the country. So super talented kid, more of a pocket passer. He, I think he can run um, when needed, but that's not really his strength. You know, a little bit different than what we've seen the last couple of years, especially with DTR. They haven't really played anybody this year. No. They started out the season playing Coastal Carolina 27-13. I mean, it's a decent win. You know, they, they have some prestige to them a little bit as, as a G5 um, but still only beaten them by 14. Not super great. San Diego State, 35-10. to 10, And then North, Cent- North Carolina Central. I mean, they roasted them 59-7. to 7, But they really haven't had a challenge. And they haven't really been hit in the mouth. And that's what I really want to see. Because that's been Chip Kelly's problem at, since he's been to UCLA. Is over the years, not counting last year, but prior to that, anytime they got punched in the mouth... They just folded like a cheap chair. And mm-hmm. where this team isn't, they lost a lot of uh, this offseason, you know, with DTR and Charbonnet uh, leaving and now having some a lot of youth on their roster. It'll be interesting to see what kind of mentality they have. Do they have that mentality that those seniors had last year that could put up a fight all, all game long? Or are they going to revert back to kind of the divas of UCLA of old, and as soon as they get punched in the mouth, they just close up and leave. The thing that I think Utah has going for it is we've seen Morgan Scally design defenses that really fluster freshman quarterback quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw what he did to to Jalen Daniels at a, when he was at ASU. Uh, he he. He was rushed and blitzed and pressured the entire game till he was completely uncomfortable and couldn't do anything. And I'd imagine we're probably going to see the same thing because that's what you do to young, unexperienced quarterbacks. You put them in situations where they have to make decisions very quickly and make mistakes. Well, and I think because he is a younger quarterback, you can take a lot of those risks. And, mm-hmm. you know, bring some different pressures that maybe leave you a little bit vulnerable in, in spots. But because he's a freshman, you know, he's got to kind of prove that he can make those types of throws. Yeah. Where I'm not afraid that he's going to beat you with your feet. I, I fully expect Scally's just going to release, release the hounds. And <laughs> we're going to see Barton, Bishop. Two. I, I think we're going to see a lot of Utes in that backfield making it very uncomfortable for that true freshman. I think you have to do that. You don't want, you definitely don't want him to sit back there and start to get comfortable and get his confidence going. For the defense of UCLA, you know, one name that kind of stands out is Latu for them. He's got four sacks of the, in the year so far. In three games, he's got four sacks. That's I mean, that's big. I still think, though, you've got to get Cam back for this. You've got to get Cam. As much as a big fan as I am of of Nate Johnson, as well as he did in that, you know, last two drives against Baylor and what he did against Weber, I it, may, it still makes me nervous having an inexperienced quarterback. Just like we were talking about with Moore with UCLA, I would be just be as equally nervous if if Johnson was playing against UCLA. Sure. Do you think Cam plays? Like, what is your gut telling you? 
uh, my gut told me he was going to play against Florida. So who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it, we're this is game four. I mean, there were you know there were rumors floating out there that he was going to be saved until conference play. So here we are. I mean, uh, I guess I, I'm hopeful that he's going to be the starter. If he's not, I don't know. I mean, what? It's just, it's crazy. I don't know. I don't know what to think if he doesn't come out in this game, um, which puts Utah in a really difficult situation. Uh, I think the defense is good enough to get, the defense is good enough to get a win at home if he doesn't play. If, Nate Johnson doesn't make mistakes and the, and the special teams doesn't make mistakes. Um, but you're right. I mean, you're absolutely right. They need cam back. He's not going to be a hundred percent. He's going to be, he's going to be rusty a little bit. Um, but they need him back. They really do. The thing that I think is so weird with this whole situation as much as Winningham tries to keep things in-house and under the lid, stuff always gets leaked, right? Oh, like, for sure, yeah. Everything kind of knows. I mean, heck, the whole, like, even look at the Bernard situation uh, with his season-ending injury. That was out days before Utah even acknowledged it. Yeah, yeah. This Cam Rising situation, it seems like Every single day or every single hour, there is just something else comes out that contradicts what people were saying 20 minutes earlier. And it's been uh-huh. like that for like three months now. I, I honestly, I don't know what to believe or even think. Because um, I was like you, I, I kind of was expecting him in the, in the Florida game. Um, and then I... I think the three of us weren't expecting him in Baylor, but there was like some talk that there he might. And so I don't know. I, well, that was because that, I mean, I think, I think there was an expectation that he might in the Baylor game because Woodingham said after the Florida game that he had been cleared by his doctors to, to practice without any, uh, precautions or, I mean, obviously they weren't going to hit him in practice, but he was, he was able to go full strength at practice. So, I mean, I know it's baby steps and you don't want to bring him back too soon and risk, risk him getting injured again. I mean, he's as much as we all wanted to play, he's all, he's obviously thinking about his future too. I mean, he's, he wants a shot at the NFL. Um, and then if and if I were his in, in his shoes, I'd want a shot too. And you don't wanna you don't wanna jeopardize that. Um so you gotta make sure he's ready to go, but I don't know. It's just you're right, it's just one hour to hour, it's a different story, so who knows? Who knows? And I don't uh, yeah. I think it's gotta be hard for the team not knowing. And maybe they uh-huh. have an idea of, of what's you know, how close he is. Maybe they, you know the, the team themselves has has a better idea, but it's got to be hard um, on that quarterback room, on the receivers. Um, kind of like, well, this is your guy until Cam comes back when we don't know what that is. Yeah, 
and, and yeah. maybe you know there's you know you know Pittman has been upset um, with his lack of touches on the on the team and has kind of made that a little bit vocal on social media. I just hope it's not turning into a ripple effect at this point. Yeah, I hope not either. Um, I know I said my gut told me he was going to play against Florida. My gut telling me he's playing. We're going to hear <laughs> Bad Moon Rising. Oh, dude, you know that stadium's going to go crazy. <laughs> it's going to go crazy. All right, let's get into our picks for this game. Uh, we do have Scott's pick here. So Scott has UCLA 50, Utah 7. <laughs> Of course he of I mean, course he does. He he's at Ute Man Forever, if you wanna <laughs> go after him for that pick. As we're recording this, Utah right currently is a four and a half favorite over UCLA. So Ryan, who do you got and what's your score? I am gonna go with my Utes, no matter who the quarterback is. I'm really hoping it's Cam Rising. Um but given that it's a home game, um Given that it's a, our last game in a while against UCLA, the revenge factor after last year, the defense playing lights out, I'm going to go with Utah 34, UCLA 24. No, I, I like that. Uh, I do think Cam's going to play. That's just what I'm feeling, so I'm going to go with it. I think Cam plays. Um, I, it might be a little bit sluggish for this offense to kind of find some rhythm. Uh, but overall, I just think defensively, too much talent there. And offensively, I think they're going to find their way over the course of the game. I got Utah 30-17. Utes win, baby. So that'll do it for this episode. Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? At Drum and Feather. You can always hit Scott up at Ute Man Forever, especially if you have any tips for waxing for a great tan line. Hit him up there. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Utah Man Podcast at our home, utahmanpodcast.com. And anywhere you listen to a podcast, we are there. Hopefully, Utah gets a big win over the conference opponent, UCLA. And go Utes. Go Utes. And, and did you just, was that breaking news that, that Scott waxes? We're good. Let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah.